Identical, by Steve Searcy. No one could tell them apart, not even from the very beginning. And that's the way it had been for the last 84 years. They were twins, identical twins. They walked the same, they talked the same, their eyes shone the very same light. They were the same, except for one small detail. It was something so small you couldn't even see it. In fact, you had to be around the Selen sisters a little while before you picked up on it. Four years ago, Mr. Lou Harris moved into the house across the street from the sisters. He noticed it after a couple of weeks, and he fell in love with Sister May. It was a sweet love, a dear love. They were buddies. He was over just about every night for dinner. There was laughter and mischief. There was always mischief with those two. Christmas three years ago, April Sullins came home from the store to find that the whole house was covered in lights, from the very top of the roof to the base of the foundation. And May and Lou were on ladders putting up a big cutout of Santa Claus on the roof. April was furious, and she told them. She told them they were almost 90 years old, and they had no business on ladders. And she sure as heck had something better to do with her money than to pay for all that electricity. For all of April's protests, it did no good. That same Christmas, they got the bright idea to leave a little sack of Christmas cookies at as many homes as they could. They would bake all day long and go out after dinner to make their deliveries. They would put the package on a porch, ring the doorbell, and hide. They would watch the people open their doors to find the little sack of Christmas cookies. Lou and May liked to watch their faces. When they discovered the sack of cookies, there was always Christmas delight, no matter who or how old. May and Lou made hundreds of cookies. It became their favorite thing to do at Christmas. They made the same cookie every year. Little Christmas trees with apricot icing on top. And on top of the icing, colored slivers of almonds for lights. Lou and May had a wonderful time making and giving away their Christmas cookies. April, on the other hand, had one word for it. Stupid. That's what it is. Just plain stupid. If you knew those people, that might be different. But you don't even know them, so it's just stupid. That was the difference between the sisters. April was practical. She believed in what she could see. She knew if something had to be done, she had to do it. May, on the other hand, was extravagant. She believed in magic. She believed in the magic of Christmas lights, in the magic of giving Christmas cookies to people you don't even know. It was Christmas Eve day, and this year, There were no lights on the sisters' house. There had been no little sacks of cookies left at front doors. That all had ended months before when when May did not come down to breakfast one sunny July morning. At first, April thought her sister was only sleeping late, but when she went to check on her, she found otherwise. The sisters had talked of this inevitability and had a plan. So, with the plan and April's practical nature, things got done. April had broken the news to Lou, and at the time he seemed to have taken it well, but within a month or so he had a heart attack. Then, it seemed almost daily problems developed. 
On this Christmas Eve, he was a shut-in, on oxygen, visited once a week by hospice. April shook her head when she thought about it. She visited him almost every day, and every day he seemed to grow weaker. Today, she was bringing a little poinsettia and a box of Russell Stover's. She rang the doorbell and then let herself in as she always did. Otherwise, it would take Lou a day and a half to get to the door. The room was gray. The curtains pulled tightly shut. The television provided an ugly light that danced around the room. The air was cool, almost cold. She wished there was a fire in the fireplace, but that wouldn't be safe. There was clutter everywhere papers, magazines, you name it, Lou would not be able to live at home much longer. He sat in his chair half awake. The oxygen made a soft, blowing sound. Forcing her cheeriness, April wished him Merry Christmas and presented him with the flowers and the chocolates. Lou's soft eyes found her. He was disoriented at first, but slowly came around, thanking her for coming and the gifts. For almost an hour, April provided conversation about the weather, what was on television and in the newspaper. It was a lot of work. She promoted opening the Russell Stovers, and they shared a piece of chocolate together. Then Lou closed his eyes. It was time to go. April made for the door, promising to see him tomorrow, and warned him that he better be good because Santa Claus was coming. The mention of Santa Claus was like a jolt bringing Lou back. It was as if he suddenly remembered something, something that was so very important. He pushed himself up in the chair and turned to face April, and in a clear voice said, You tell uh, Santa Claus, you you tell Santa Claus I want one thing. I want to see May again. That's all. That's all. He melted back into his chair and was gone, no doubt dreaming of May. Walking back home, April's mind began to wander. She began playing with an idea, a silly idea, a stupid idea. A totally unpractical idea, an idea that was completely alien to her nature. But as she walked with each step, she became more comfortable with it. As she reached the front door, she knew exactly what she was going to do. The winter sun created a brilliant sunset that evening as Christmas edged ever closer. April ate a bowl of soup in the kitchen as she listened to a radio program. Then she went upstairs. She stopped at May's door. It had been a while since she had been in that room. She pushed the door open and went in. Everything was as May had left it. As she stood there in the darkness, considering what she was about to do, stupid is all that came to her mind, but she did not listen. It was a dying man's request, and it was something she could do. April opened the closet and took out May's favorite dress. It was a dress that April had always hated. It was loud. 
It was red with blue flowers and yellow flowers, and there were tropical birds on it. April looked at the dress and shook her head. She took May's coat and purse and closed the door behind her. Back in her room, she slipped the dress on. She moved to stand in front of a full-length mirror. She was her sister. That was the image. She finished dressing and went downstairs. April had been thinking about this all afternoon, formulating the plan. In the afternoon, she had been quite bold as she thought about it. Now that it was time to walk across the street, there were butterflies in her stomach. She took a key from the bureau. Lou had given her a key to use in case of emergencies. It would let her in the back door through the kitchen. The plan was simple. She would let herself in. Lou would no doubt be asleep. She would sit across from him. She would talk to him as May would, and if he woke, she would wish him Merry Christmas and leave. It was a simple, beautiful plan. It was also stupid and ridiculous. But it was time to go. It was time for Santa to be on her way. A full moon filled the sky, causing stars to disappear and shadows to play on the ground. As she crossed the street, April watched her shadow silently float by her side. She moved along the back walk. Taking a deep breath at the back door, she inserted the key and entered the kitchen. She immediately knew that something was wrong, very wrong. The kitchen smelled as though someone had been baking. There was music coming from the front room. She edged her way along the wall and peeked into the room. Lou was sitting on the edge of his chair. He was smiling. He was swaying back and forth as he directed an imaginary choir. He swung his arms in the air as the hallelujah chorus blared from the radio. April's eyes could not take it all in. There was a fire in the fireplace. There was garland on the mantel. On the dining room table, a small Christmas tree sparkled. And here and there about the room, garland and Christmas balls glistened from the firelight. She must have forgotten herself and stepped too far into the room because Lou saw her and motioned to her. There's Santa Claus, he said, and he began singing, Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree, with the radio. April edged herself into a chair. Lou began another verse of Oh, Christmas tree, grabbing her arm, saying, Sing! And so they did. Christmas carol after Christmas carol. April studied Lou. This was not the man she had seen earlier that day. And the house. This was not the same house. The carol stopped, and an announcer began talking. I'm so glad you came by, said Lou. Merry Christmas. April stuck to her plan. Merry Christmas, she said. She got up and headed for the door. But it, it just got the best of her. She turned, looking about the room, and asked, How, Lou? How? Lou began to sing with the radio again. Good King Wenceslot. But he stopped. Your sister, he yelled over the radio. Your sister stopped by earlier today. And with that, he began singing again. April left the house shaking her head. Something wasn't right. She tried to make sense of it, but everything about it was 
wrong. It didn't make sense. Nothing about it at all. The moonlight now seemed eerie. April could not wait to get home. There was an old bottle of brandy in the kitchen, and it would be needed to help her go to sleep. She stepped inside her warm house. Things seemed more sensible here. She hung up her coat and rested a moment against the wall. Then she began to make her way through the dining room to the kitchen and her sleeping aid. But she never made it. A glance over to the dining room table stopped her in her tracks. She froze. The table now seemed to be floating in moonlight, and there, in the center of the table, was a plate, and on that plate was a single Christmas cookie in the shape of a Christmas tree, with apricot icing and little slivers of colored almonds for lights. April stood still, her practical nature of no use to her. This was beyond practical and explanation. She cleared her throat. In a clear, strong voice, she spoke into the dark emptiness of the room. Merry Christmas, she said. And although she could not explain it, she was certain that someone heard her greeting.